The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Before we get into uh, the next segment of uh, the teaching, we just want to honor those of you who are uh, in the multimedia department. Come on, let's put our hands together for the multimedia team. Uh, The reason is they are the ones that are making uh, it happen for those of you who are watching uh, online, it's the multimedia team that puts uh, these services together and makes sure everything works well. I got a really encouraging testimony as well. Uh, this one came from uh, Pennsylvania uh, in the U.S., and uh, uh, this is from Darcy uh, Lusk, I think. That's how you say it. So, and uh, she said, uh, I'm just going to read the part that you know, concerns the multimedia and the work that we are doing here on that space. She says, thank you to everyone at Faith Hill Church for your ministry. It is a blessing. I was introduced to your ministry through Power Academy, and I now listen to the teachings and sermons from Faith Hill Church almost every single day. Thank you so much for the work and effort that makes these messages readily available to so many people. And so, the multimedia team, let's put our hands together one more time. They, they are helping uh, to make it happen uh, so that the, the ministry is not just within these four walls. I mean, we can reach people far and wide. This one was from... Uh, Pennsylvania. Amen. And so last week we had an awesome, awesome Grace in the Marketplace conference in Durban. Uh, Three days uh, just, you know, hanging out with some marketplace leaders there. Grace in the Marketplace, man, uh, a lot of things are happening on that front. People's lives are being changed. And really that's our heart, to see the grace of God uh, just spill over into the marketplace and uh, for believers to start to be successful in what God has called them uh, so that we can be the yeast that he has called us to, to be. Yeast doesn't make much difference around other yeast. You know, it needs the door. And so believers, when we get together, it's all fun. Uh, but where the real impact is when we go out there and we start to influence uh, people out there. Amen. And so we're going to get into today's word. Who's ready? Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A a, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Yes, I'm excited. Uh, So we started a series, uh, well, probably five weeks now uh, into it called uh, Maximizing on the Grace of Prosperity. Prosperity is a grace and uh, it's available for us. Uh, It's like an unlimited supply of, of everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. What that means is an unlimited supply, that's what grace is, right? An unlimited supply uh, for you to be able to live a godly lifestyle, for you to be able to accomplish every single thing uh, that God has called you to accomplish in the earth, amen? And so, uh, you know, in this particular series, we are talking specifically about maximizing on the grace of prosperity, Because prosperity is a grace. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, it says, For we know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And so uh, this is a message that hasn't been taught. If you look at the history of the church, this is a message uh, that hasn't been taught until the last uh, 50 years. In fact, in the first Reformation, which was a powerful, powerful Reformation, uh, Martin Luther, you know, led that Reformation. 
Reformation. Uh, uh, you know, you broke out of the, the, the Catholic system of legalism. Having read the book of uh, Romans, he realized that it was all by grace. Salvation was not by works, but that it was by grace. And he broke uh, that system of legalism. And he also broke, uh, you know, the, the vow to celibacy. And he said, you know what? There is no way in Scripture where it says uh, you must commit your life to celibacy and all these things, these rules and regulations. Uh, but one thing that he didn't break, which was also a part of the system, was the vow of poverty. You know, the, the leaders, the priests would actually take a vow of poverty. And so when Martin Luther came and started uh, the Reformation movement and led the Reformation movement, he taught so much on the grace of God, taught so much and broke the legalistic, you know, uh, uh, system. But one thing he couldn't break, he didn't break, was the vow of poverty and uh, setting God's people free with regards to how God wants to prosper us, uh, setting people free from the bondage uh, of poverty. And one of the reasons uh, um, was because, you know, when the Lutheran church was started, it was state-funded. So he didn't, it blinded him from seeing the revelation that God doesn't want his church funded by the state. God wants his church funded by the people so that he can get the blessing to the people. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, you shall remember the Lord, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth so that he may establish his covenant in the earth realm. So the way God wants to do things is to get what he wants to get into the ministry to you so that you can have uh, uh, the remainder of it, which is going to be the most of it. He's a God of abundance. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. And so we're going to go through some scripture. This may be one of the most important uh, uh, sermons uh, you will hear around finances. And uh, man, I'm telling you, if you uh, uh, receive that revelation and start to apply it, because it's no use just receiving some revelation on top of another revelation that you never get to use. If you receive the revelation and start to actually walk in it, you will be able to see the results and the fruit uh, that's attached to it. Let's go now to Matthew chapter number. 10, and we're going to read from verse 5. Matthew chapter number 10, and we're going to read from verse 5 to 13, and I'm reading in the Amplified Bible, if you will. It says, and Jesus sent out these 12, instructing them, do not go amongst the Gentiles, and do not go into the city of, Samar of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost ship of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take gold or silver or even copper money uh, in your money belt or a provision bag for your journey or even two tunics or sandals or stuff for the worker deserves his support. And so one of the instructions Jesus uh, gave to the disciples on top of the instructions to actually do the work of the ministry was to not take anything uh, for the journey. So he said, hey, I want you to go and uh, preach this gospel to the house of Israel, uh, but I don't want you to take any gold. Now, for him to have said that, it means they must have had some gold. Yeah. Otherwise, just don't bring it up. And so uh, he said, I don't want you to take any gold. I don't want you to take any silver. And I don't want you to take any copper, no change of clothes. I don't want you to take even a, a, an extra pair of shoes. And the reason he did that uh, was because he concluded it by saying the, the worker uh, deserves his support. And I, I wanted to see what Jesus' game plan was because I started to think about it. I thought, you know what, Jesus, if they had taken their own gold, their own silver, uh, they could have gone to... Uh, 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 the motel in the city, rent out a conference facility like this one, uh, bring the people in and uh, start to have uh, meetings fully financed uh, by Jesus. Why are you telling them not to take any gold, any silver, or any copper? Jesus had a better plan than uh, uh, them taking uh, these things. And watch what this plan is. He says, whatever city or village you enter, ask who in it is worthy. Uh, you may be wondering what uh, worthy means. He puts it in, 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 in parentheses there in brackets. He says, ask in it who's worthy in brackets, who welcomes you and your message. And so whoever welcomes you into their homes, they are the ones that are going to supply what the gold, 
the silver and the copper was supposed to supply. They're going to welcome you and your message. That's Jesus' game plan with regards to the preaching of the gospel. It's his game plan there in Matthew chapter number 10. It's his game plan today in 2021. He says, stay at his house until you leave that city. As you go into the house, give it your greeting or your blessing. He says, give it uh, your greeting. That is the uh, peace be to this house. And if the family living in that house is worthy, which means welcoming you and your message, give it your blessing of peace, which is a blessing of well-being. Someone say well-being. So there is a blessing of well-being uh, that the, G- the, the, the Jesus disciples are carrying. Give it a blessing of well-being and prosperity. Someone say and prosperity. And the favor of God. Someone say the favor of God. And so the disciples were asked not to carry any silver, any gold, or any copper. But they were asked to carry the blessing and it wasn't their blessing. It was the blessing that they were supposed to leave in the house of a man or a woman who decides to partner, which means to receive them and to support and believe in the message that they were preaching to the community. And he says, when that happens, I want you to leave something. I want you to leave a blessing of well-being. I want you to leave a blessing of prosperity. And I want you to leave the favor of God into that house. And so when we're talking about partnership, when we're talking about giving towards a ministry, which is God's uh, game plan when it comes to the preaching of the gospel, when we're talking about that, uh, we're not talking about God trying to get something from you. We're talking about God trying to get something to you. God is trying to get the blessing to you. God is trying to get the blessing to his children. Amen? Amen. There is a grace of prosperity reserved. For the church, and it's going to come through the children of God, those who put up their hands and say, you know what, I'm going to be the one that's counted worthy. What does that word worthy mean anyway? I'm going to be the one who says, I'm going to believe in in, in the message, and I'm also going to finance the message. Amen. Amen. And and, and here's the deal. Uh, Sometimes when, you know, God starts to bless you and, you, you know, you start to uh, uh, give towards the ministry, uh, there's a little sneaky spirit called mammon uh, that tries to deceive you uh, to make you think that you are actually the one financing the, the, the ministry. It's very sneaky. But I want you to notice that these boys already had the gold. They already had the silver. They already had the copper. It's not like they were struggling. They were just asked to leave it because God was trying to get something to the households of the people who were going to partner. Do you see that? Man, when you start to look at it from that perspective, it changes everything. Amen? And so God's game plan for the preaching of the gospel is partnership. And he expounds a little bit further about this same thing. If you read in Matthew chapter number 10 from verse 40 to 41, Jesus expounds a little bit uh, more. He says, he who receives and welcomes you receives and welcomes me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. And he who receives and welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous, honorable man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. So the thing about partnership is not the money you give, it's what's God trying to get to you. God has set up these ministries, He has set up these uh, churches to basically be uh, distribution centers of His blessing where we can go and when we participate, when we give. Listen, let's not get it twisted. God could have done it another way, any other way. But God wants to do it with you. He wants you to be a co-laborer with Him because He's trying to get something to flow into your life. I mean, if He could get a donkey to preach to the prophet... God could use the animal kingdom to preach the gospel. You know, you just walk out of your house and the dog next door says, John 3, 16. (laughs) God could have done that. But because God is trying to get something to his children, he said, this is going to be the game plan. 
I'm going to set up this thing, and we have a connects with the grace that I set up on these ministries. We have a connects with the grace of the work that I'm doing in the earth realm with regards to financing that work is going to get something out of it. Amen? And this is God's game plan. It's called uh, partnership. Now, let's go to 1 Kings chapter number 17. 1 Kings chapter number 17. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Kings chapter number 17. I used to think that partnership, you know, when you're watching on television at the end of the uh, broadcast, you know, uh, Carly and Ashley Terrades, I can pick on them because they're my friends. They would say, man, you can partner uh, with this ministry. I used to think that it was just a clever uh, way for fundraising. No, no, no. Partnership is way deeper than that. It's, it's God's game plan to try and get something to his kids. Amen. Oh, by the way, this is not a fundraising sermon. I'm trying to get some revelation to you so we can begin to see some transformation in your life. One of the most discouraging things for any pastor, you know, if you're called by God, uh, uh, really genuinely called by God for the people, one of the most discouraging things is to see people stuck for years upon years, just stuck on the same spot, coming to church every Sunday, but stuck. Man, it's discouraging. Amen? God has called us to bring a word that will bring transformation. That word simply means radical change so that you can come into this building one way and walk out the other. This is where transformation should happen. Amen? I said amen. And so we see here in 1 Kings chapter number 17. I want to read from verse 2 to 6 in the New Living Translation. Uh, This is after Elijah had declared a drought uh, in the land to King Ahab. You remember the story? And so there was a drought in the land uh, that started. And uh, the word of the Lord, uh, uh, then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kerith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring to you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. Notice, God didn't say, I'm currently in negotiations with the ravens. God said, I have already commanded the ravens to feed you there, just like God has already commanded the grace of prosperity over every single one of us. It's our turn to, re- to listen. If you're going to receive something from that grace, you better learn how to walk. Elijah could have said, well, I don't like brooks, and I don't like walking. And the ravens would have been heaping up food for him at the brook. In the morning, meat in the e- He must have been African. Meat in the morning. Meat in meat. It's got to be meat. Don't bring me no lettuce. Even the Lord knows the man needs meat. Man, vegetarians don't like this sermon. In fact, vegetarians are all right. It's the vegans. Oh, Lord Jesus. We need to lay hands on them. Man, vegans. Have you ever gone to a restaurant with the vegans? I've got nothing against them, but man, they're like, they're like the Pharisees of food. Man, you can't order nothing. They think you're just a dirty thing, you know. But anyway, and, and, and the Lord said, I've already commanded the ravens to feed you there. Now, from what we read and what we established in Matthew chapter number 10, we already know that God's uh, uh, MO, modus operandi, if you will, uh, for supplying his, his people, you know, the, the men of God, the ministries, is not the animal kingdom. It is uh, a man because he's trying to get the blessing to man. But here's the deal is that if no man put their hand up, God will use the animal kingdom. I think, this is Tafara, I think that this happened because the widow at Zarephath was taking a little longer to put up her hand and say, you know what, I'm actually going to do it. So God had to take a little detour, go through the the brook uh, while waiting for the widow to make her decision and make up her mind. But God's ultimate will is to partner with his children because he's trying to get something to them. Amen? But if none of us show up, God will pick a raven. I mean, he could have picked a nicer bird, a dove or something. But God is making a point. He picked a raven. 
a, a greedy bird, a scavenger. It doesn't share food naturally. But because God is trying to make a point, it's heaping up food for the man of God. Sometimes the grace of God will work so much in your favor that even the people who don't want to promote you, people who don't like you, people who aren't supposed to be helping you will show up and help you. Amen? Amen. It's called the blessing of God. And so Elijah went to the raven, and uh, uh, true to God's word, (laughs) the food came. Verse 5. So Elijah did as the Lord had told him, camped beside the Kerith brook uh, east uh, of Jordan, and uh, the ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. Amen? The, the Lord told the ravens to bring some meat. It was the Lord. And I believe God has all the insight on what's healthy. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 7. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rain for anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Now, when the widow said, You know what? I'm actually going to open up my house and accommodate the work that you are doing in the earth, I'm actually going to open up my resources and partner with what you're doing, Lord. Uh, even the natural uh, elements started to cooperate with that. The, the rain dried up. The, the brook had to dry up so that the men of God could be pushed somewhere else because God is really trying to get something to the widow. Did you see that? And he says, when he got there, Uh, As he arrived at the gates, uh, he saw the widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called and said, Bring me a bite uh, of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. And I was gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you have said. But make me a little bread, uh, make a little bread for me first. You know, he's straightening out, he's straightening out her priorities. He's saying the thing you should do is make me first. Elijah is the representative of God. He's not saying make Elijah first. He's the representative of God and he's saying, you know, prioritize God in the little that you have. And when you start to prioritize God in the little that you have, God will begin to show up for you. Amen. The problem is sometimes uh, we just don't prioritize God and sometimes we're waiting for a good day when the, you know, my ships come in, then I'm going to start prioritizing God. I had a, a, a small uh, life group that I led in Deep Sloot and uh, we used to go there every month, uh, every week. I used to go there every Friday and, and teach uh, this group of uh, people and uh, every month would go there with uh, groceries. And uh, one thing we didn't uh, stop doing with that group of people was to encourage them to give their tithes and their offerings. And sometimes it didn't feel right because they were poor, but I was doing it to work on their priorities. And when they started prioritizing God with a little, none of them are still where they were uh, 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 six, seven years ago when we were going for that small uh, life group in Dipslut. God delivered them. God started supplying for them. They started moving out the neighborhood one by one. I mean, at that time, some of them, God started blessing them. They would get embarrassed at the blessing of the Lord, so they just said to move out the neighborhood. I mean, some of them would go and buy a brand new TV. They would have to sneak it in at night because they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want the neighbors to think they're coming out the poverty gang. Amen? Some of them would buy their kids brand new shoes. Their kids would have to find some sand to put on the shoe to make it look uh, uh, like it's not brand new because they're embarrassed. You know, the people are going to think you wear brand, brand new. Who do you think you are? Amen. And so they just had to move, up, move out of the, the neighborhood. God started to bless them so much. And so it's, it may sound a little insensitive coming from Elijah that make me first. But he's working on the priorities. When you put God first, 
in your life, in your finances. Man, you ought to demote and dethrone this spirit called mammon. And start putting God on the throne. When you do that, man, I'm telling you, you're setting your heart up for an abundance from heaven. Amen? And so, uh, he said, make me first. And uh, uh, she said, uh, he said, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead. Do what you have said and make me a little bread uh, first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord says, the Lord God of Israel, there will always be flour. Someone say always. This is where you begin to position yourself when you become a partner, a co-laborer of what God is doing in the earth realm. You position yourself in a place called the always neighborhood. You may not have a million U.S. dollars or rand in your account, but you live like a millionaire. Because there will always be something. And God will make sure that it comes to you. I was saying in the first service, you know, uh, we used to have church at, at, at a place, a small conference facility called Eagle's Nest. Anybody remember Eagle's Nest? We used to have church at Eagle's Nest. And as the church started to grow, Eagle's Nest uh, couldn't uh, accommodate the, the people that God wanted ministered to on Sunday. And, and I mean, there was pressure on me and, and my leadership team. Man, what are we going to do about this? We know we have uh, uh, young people that are uh, going into their teenage years. It's, it's going to be youth. We need a room for the youth. We need a room for all the different classes in Sunday school. There was pressure on us, but one thing we didn't stop doing was to partner with the, the ministries that we, you know, we believe in, that are preaching the gospel, and because of our partnership, we didn't even realize that God had already positioned us in this neighborhood called always having everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. We started to look uh, uh, for a building, and uh, we, we started to look for a building that we thought we could afford, and we were looking, you know, in, in Kaya Sands, and we were looking at, uh, you know, uh, old dilapidated buildings, thinking, man, we can turn this place into, and the Lord, oh, all this time, he knew what we needed. And so we got an email from this, you know, facility, and they said to us, hey, uh, we would like to have a meeting with you. We think you can come and have a church service in our, in our building. And I, Pastor Henry told me that, hey, we just got this email. I said, oh, man, no, nah, I, I think they must think we're rich. <laughs> I, I don't know who they think they're talking to. They must think, I mean, we, we're not who they think we are. But how many of you know that we were? Amen. Amen. And so we came to the meeting, and when we got here, they had uh, all, all kinds of food, you know, lined up for us, all kinds of fancy food, you know, uh, 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 finger snacks, you know. Uh, and, I mean, it was tasty food. And I'm just looking at Pastor Henry winking at him, man, we're going to eat their food and leave. <laughs> Nobody's signing nothing. Because guess what? We can't afford it. That's what we were thinking. And then we went into the meeting, we started talking, and they started talking about the figures, and we looked at each other and thought, man, this is cheaper than Eagle's Nest. How, did the Lord, how, did, how does the Lord do that? The Lord does it through, you will always. Amen? You will always, if it's God's work, God will take care of his work. I've learned to appreciate the fact that if it's God's ministry, he will take care of his ministry. He said, he said, listen to what the man of God said. He said, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough. Someone say enough. Yeah. There was always, see, there's a place in God called enough and extra. There was always enough and extra left over in the containers just as the Lord had promise through Elijah. Amen. Now, how did she connect with that grace? She connected with that grace by saying, Lord, I'm going to open up my house for your ministry. I'm going to share the little that I have uh, with the work of the ministry that you are doing in the earth. I'm going to sign up to be a co-laborer, a participant to what you are doing in the earth realm. I want to preach this morning to someone who doesn't have enough money. 
The way to snap out of it is not to try and get more money to hoard. The way to snap out of it is to take the little that you have, take a portion of it, and give it towards the preaching of the gospel. Become a partner in the preaching of the gospel. Position yourself to be a co-laborer of what God is doing in the earth realm. And when you do, you're going to get some. I've been poor, and when I started partnering, I ain't poor no more. Because God provides, and here's another thing, is that my, my, my provision doesn't come from your tithes and offerings. My provision comes from my giving. I mean, we get all kinds of people, all kinds of people find us to try and give us money. All kinds of people, all kinds of things happen when you position yourself to be a partner. And so what I'm trying to tell you today is not something I read in a a paperback book. It's not something I saw in a TED talk. What I'm talking about this morning is something that I live. It's something that I walk in. In fact, that was my prayer when we uh, planted Faith in Church. I said, Lord, position me to be in a place where uh, the only things I preach is the things that I've walked in. I don't want to preach theory. I don't want to preach fairy tale. I don't want to preach something that I heard another preacher preach. I want to preach something that I walk in. Amen? And it feels so much better to preach something that you walk in because you're so much convicted. Amen? I said amen. amen. And so you may be thinking, why this widow? You know, Pastor T, I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm, you know, I could be in, in the position that she was in. I mean, this is a special widow in Zarephath. Hallelujah. The anointing of Zarephath. What about the other widows in Zarephath? You may be thinking like that, right? Let's find out about the other widows in Zarephath. Uh, Luke 4, chapter number 4, verse 23 to 26. Luke chapter number 4, from verse 23 to 26. uh, And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. Whatsoever you have done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. So they were challenging Jesus and saying, Why don't you do the same miracles that you did in uh, uh, Capernaum here in your own country? And he said unto them, Verily, I say unto you. Now everything Jesus said was verily. If he has to say verily, he wants you to really pay attention, okay? He says, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. In other words, uh, a prophet is without honor in his own country. And sometimes we miss on the blessing of partnership because we just get so familiar with the things of God. And with what God is doing in the earth realm. I grew up in a traditional church and, uh, you know, sometimes would go. Uh, we had a thick prayer book, you know. Anybody, you know, grew up in those churches would know what I'm talking about. We had a thick uh, 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 prayer book. We used to recite those prayers. And some of them were powerful, powerful prayers, you know, that were carefully constructed. That would stir you up in faith. Uh, but because, you know, I'd started reading these prayers and reciting them from the age of five, by the age 12, 13, 14, 15, man, I could recite them without looking at the book, but it didn't mean nothing to me. And that's what happens when we become familiar is that it it breeds contempt. We we just start to, I mean, some of these prayers were powerful, but because, you know, I'm, I'm just used to reciting them. I could just, I mean, I could recite them in my sleep. And because of that, I never got the value out of these prayers. It was just another religious uh, calisthenic. It was just nothing but just, you know, the words that we speak together corporately, and I didn't get the benefit out of it. And sometimes that's what happens when we fail to perceive in honor and see what God is doing in the earth. Man, this church, faithful church, it, it takes a, a, even a blind prophet can tell you we're going somewhere. Even a blind prophet can tell you there's something happening. Amen? Amen? That's what Joseph Z said. He said, Pharaoh, I don't even have to prophesy to you. Even a blind prophet can tell something is happening. God is up to something. Yeah. Amen? So many, so many amazing things happen. And when you partner with a ministry like that, there begins to be a flow of that same grace into your life. But first of all, you have to perceive it. Secondly, you have to honor it. 
How many of you have to sit back and say, you know, there's something special. In fact, that lady who sent us an email, that testimony, uh, she wound up partnering and she committed to partner uh, for eternity. She said, uh, put uh, a little partnership uh, uh, automated thing uh, on uh, automated uh, payment on the PayPal, recurring uh, payment on the PayPal, uh, and say, hey, I, I perceive there's something happening there. And, and sometimes it, 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 it's a blessing to watch from afar because you can perceive better. When you're too close and you go to, the, the, to, to Bri Fles with all the leaders, you know, sometimes you can be blinded to these things. It takes maturity to still be able to see uh, the honor and the value of what God is doing and say, I'm going to partner with that. And when you partner, that same grace, there must have been a grace of provision on Elijah's life. If you are being fed by ravens, there must be a grace of provision on your life. And this woman said, I'm going to be a partaker of that same grace. And it was produced in her life. Amen. I said, amen. And so Jesus made a commentary. He said, a prophet is not accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth. There were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. So God was not oblivious to the fact that there were many needy widows in Israel. And because God is not a respecter of persons, I believe the invitation to supply for the men of God went to all the widows in Israel. They could have formed a society. Let's all partner together so we can supply the men of God and the grace would have flown into all of their lives. But it's sad to say that there was a delay on all of them. That God had to send him to the ravens. Thank God, finally, one widow came to her senses and responded. So you may be wondering, what's special about that widow? Nothing. She, she, she just responded to what was available. Amen? And so sometimes you can come to church and hear sermon upon sermon. And because of, uh, I call it, you know, a psychological obsolescence, you know, everything is outdated quickly, especially these days. <laughs> they will produce a really nice car, a Mercedes, you know, C200, and then you go and buy it. And in three months, they're going to change the lights and say, yours is now outdated. This one is the new one. <laughs> and so things get outdated quickly. They, they will, you know, uh, take an iPhone that works perfectly, and then they will just change the number and say, okay, this one is 12. Yours is 11. And then you feel like you're missing out. And sometimes it happens in the church too. You know, uh, we, we just want more stuff. Give me some new revelations. There's something new before you even did the old. Amen? Man, what we need... If we're going to get some fruit, it's just basic one-on-one Christianity. How do I respond to the grace that's available? How can I take advantage of the grace that's available? Give me some tools, pastor, so I can take full advantage of that grace. Give it a chance. Give the grace of God a chance. Man, in the natural, you give everybody else a chance. When you fall sick, you'll go to a doctor. Never met that dude in your life. And you'll give him all your secrets. <laughs> and then he'll take a piece of paper at the end of that conversation and scribble some things uh, uh, that you can't even read. <laughs> and you'll hold on to that piece of paper with your dear life. You can't even read that thing. And then you'll go and give it to a, 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 a pharmacist. You never met the person in your life. And they'll take that paper and go to the back, come back with a capsule, uh, with a, a, a bottle with a, filled with capsules, and they'll give you instruction. You ought to take these three times a day after meals. And when you get home, you start preaching the same gospel. The doctor said, I must take these three times a day after meals. None of you up in here will ever ask the pharmacist, I wonder what the chemical composition of these pills is. I wonder who made these things. You give it a chance, right? To see if it works. But when God says, partner, because I want to I wanna make sure that your oil doesn't run out. I want to make sure you, we say, well, Lord, why don't the dog next door back three times before 12 o'clock, then I know it's really you. We don't do that with the pharmacist. We don't do that with the doctor. 
We don't do that with the pilot. No, we don't. We just sit there, buckle up, buckle up. We said we're going to Cape Town. We must be going to Cape Town. Amen. I said amen. And so all I'm saying is give God an equal opportunity and see what he will do in your life. Man, when you start to partner with God, some of you may, here's the deception of the enemy called Mammon. Man, he makes you think that you're doing really well. But you're missing out on the blessing. There are some things that money can't buy. See, partnering with God and giving away money will get you things that money can't buy. I was saying in the first service that some of the relationships God has brought into our lives, man, you can't put a price to them. In 2018, you know, Ashley Terrades called me and he said, Tafaro, we're coming to South Africa, Johannesburg, and uh, Billy Eppard has agreed to come uh, with me, and we're going to do Grace in the Marketplace conference with you. I thought it was a prank. <laughs> I sent him back a message. I said, the Billy Eppard? He said, yeah, Billy. I said, the multimillionaire, Billy, Billy? He said, yeah, Billy is coming to do Grace in the Marketplace with you. I said, really? He said, yeah. And those are some of the things the Lord will begin to do when you start to partner with him. And so Billy came, and I was saying in the first service, when Billy Eppard came to do Grace in the Marketplace, a lot of people don't know this, but Billy put in more into the trip than he could, you know, take out of the trip. First of all, because he flies business. He flies first class. And, and you know, we were going to get him a ticket. <laughs> we were going to get him a ticket in the... In the hood. <laughs> he said, oh, no, don't worry. I, I'm, I'm going to get myself there. So I'm picking him up at the airport. I said, Billy, I must rush you to the hotel so you can, you know, uh, nurse the jet lag. He said, no, you don't need to do that. I get to sleep on the plane. He gave me, you know, pajamas and all. I'm, really? He said, yeah. And then while we're still at the airport, he found out he had lost his uh, glasses, you know, his shades because it was you know, bright outside, and he said, hey, can you take me to a place I can buy shades before we leave the airport? So we took him to this place, and I, he found the shades that he wanted. He said, how much? 5800 He said, give me a pair of those. Uh, he took a pair of those, and I'm sitting there thinking, this was our honorarium. This, was, this is what we were going to give you to bless you. You just used it on shades. Man, I'm like, where my Lord help and then he came, we, we did the conference, at the end of the conference, he pat me on the back, he said, man, young man, I like you. He said, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to invite you to speak at my conference in Denver, Colorado. And I said, yes, sir. He said, and I, and I want you to be yourself. And, 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 and then I went and I taught at his conference and he gave me 2,500 US dollars. That's what partnership will do for you. It will open doors that no man can open. Amen? You don't have to run around trying to kick, in, you know, kick down doors. All you got to do is position yourself with what God is doing in the earth realm. When you do that, you become a co-laborer and God will begin to bring opportunities to you. Man, we get so hung up on money and it's not much money anyway. That we get our hearts way off what God is trying to get to you. Amen? I mean, this woman enjoyed three and a half years of constant supply. Can you imagine? Forget about the supply. Just going to look in that container and seeing that there's still oil after so much oil you've poured out, that itself would be a thrill for me. Forget the food. Just, a, just being in that environment of experiencing this blessing, that's a thrill for me. And this is where God uh, wants you and I. Amen? I said Amen. In closing, let us go now to Philippians chapter number one. Are you getting something out of this? Philippians chapter number one. We're going to read from verse three, the third verse. Philippians chapter number one, verse three. I want to read it in the New Living Translation. If you don't mind, Q, uh, this is the Apostle Paul uh, talking to the church at Philippi. Now, you could classify the entire book of Philippians as a partnership letter. You know, the Apostle Paul is writing to his partners, and this is what he said in verse 3. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And it's interesting that, you know, the Apostle Paul, in, in the context of his partners, he always refers God to my God, and he always refers uh, to a certain 
special type of grace on his life to my grace. What he's talking about is the anointing that God has put on him that this church at Philippi could be partakers of. Amen. Amen. And so he says here, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners. Did you see that word? You have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the first time you heard it until now. And because they have been Paul's partners, he says in uh, verse 7, even as it is meet for me to think this of you because I have you in my heart, in as much as both in my bonds and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. Amen. He begins to say, hey, because you are partners, you are also partakers of my grace. You begin to partake of that same anointing that's on uh, Paul's life. And so when we read uh, verses like Philippians 4, uh, 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 verse 19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We need to have this in mind. This is the context. The apostle Paul is talking to people who have positioned themselves just like the widow at Zarephath, just like the people in Matthew chapter number 10 who have welcomed the disciples and believe in their message, they have positioned themselves to be partners. And so you can't just come from Maslatini and quote verse 19, Philippians 4:19. My God shall supply my needs according. No, that's not where the story started. Actually, if you really want to know where the story started, go with me to verse 15. Let me read it in the Amplified. Uh, verse 15 of Philippians, chapter number 4. This is going to blow your mind. I'm telling you the truth. It's going to blow your mind. It says, And you, Philippians yourselves, well know that in my early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church or assembly entered into what? Partnership. Did you see that? He keeps talking. So partnership is not some clever way Americans devised for fundraising. It's a spiritual truth. He says, uh, when I left uh, Macedonia, no church or assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit. Someone say debit. And credit. Someone say credit. So uh, debit the what? The, the giver and credit the receiver, right? Is that the, the rule of accounting? Debit. So the Apostle Paul is saying, when you opened up your heavenly account, it both had debit and credit. In other words, you both participated in giving and receiving. In fact, he explains it further. He said you opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving. Now, a lot of people are trying to open up a credit account in receiving. Now, the problem with that is that the books don't balance. God doesn't mind you receiving, but your ledger is skewed. Amen? And here's the good news. Here's the good news. Is that when you give, God will give it back to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. A hundredfold. He will give it back to you in abundance. uh, uh, More than enough. And those books will still balance. There's always going to be more on God's side of the ledger than your side of the ledger. He said they opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving. And these are the kind of people that he then says, my God shall supply all your needs. Amen? Amen. Watch what the Apostle Paul says. He says, for even in Thessalonica, you send me contributions for my needs, not only once, but a second time. In other words, giving was was a lifestyle. The reason he says not only once, but a second time, is because they had turned it into a lifestyle. A lot of people are looking for a transaction. God is not looking for a transaction. God is trying to change your lifestyle. This is why scripture tells us the just shall live by faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is a lifestyle. So is generosity. It's a way of life. They didn't do it once in the spare of the moment. You know, the preacher was preaching hard. A goosebump came. Butterflies in their stomach. Uh, let me give. Yank the machine. I'm going to get the... No, no, no. It was a lifestyle. It was a way of life for them. 
And so partnership has to be a way of life. Amen? I said amen. Man, you're getting more than the first service. But I'm rounding up now. And the Apostle Paul says, not that I seek or I am eager for your gift. Just like Elijah. It's not because Elijah is greedy for bread. Amen? It's not that Elijah is greedy to take from widows. No, it's because Elijah is trying to get something to it. So he's inviting her in to a place where she's going to be always supplied for. Man, it's a sweet place to be. We've been there, and I, I'm not leaving. Ooh, I like being there. Where God just supplies all your needs. It needs pop up everywhere, every single day when you're in the ministry. There's needs every single <laughs> Designer life, man, they, they will put their budget on my table. Man, I almost fall off. Amen. Almost fall off my chair thinking, man, it's going to take quite a bit of money. Uh, Jose, uh, Pastor Jose, he will come with his budget and say, man, the youth need to do these things. And we, we're going we're gonna to need so many. Man, I, my heart starts racing. But here's the good news. The good news is that when your position's in grace, God will take care of that. You don't have to lose sleep at night. Just focus on doing the work of the ministry, and God will take care of the rest. Focus on being a partner and connect, stay in the, you've got to stay in the floor. And when you stay in the floor, God will provide for you. He says, not that I am sick or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. But I have your full faith payment and more, and I have everything that I need and am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts uh, you sent to me. They are a fragrant order of an offering and sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. And my God Amen. shall supply all your needs Amen. according to his riches in glory. He will fill to the full your every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, there's a blessing in being a partner with what God is doing in the earth realm. When you do that, heaven's resources are at your disposal. Amen. I said amen. They're at your disposal. Thank you, Jesus. You won't have to, you know, stress, worry, try to uh, figure things out. Uh, when, when we went to do grace in the marketplace last week uh, in Durban, uh, we didn't have to worry, stress, you know, fret, ask the, the church uh, to, to take care of us. They're going through what they're going through, man. We, we, we said, no, don't worry. Our God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. But, and sure, our God did supply all our needs. Flights paid for, uh, 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 accommodation paid for. Uh, man, you, you can preach. You preach better when you know that the burden is not on the people to take care of you. It's on God. You, you preach better. Because it don't matter who gets offended. And leave. As long as God is still here. Yep. Hallelujah. Man, I like it. I like being in that place where God is my source. It's, it's just awesome. It's an awesome place to be. And I'm telling you, this place is available for everybody. We can have, we can have a society of believers that partner. And as you partner, God is going to release a grace into your life. Amen. I'm giving you an investment plan that will yield uh, uh, dividends. You know, over and above your, your tithes and, and offerings. Man, look, ministries that you learn from, partner with them so that they're able uh, to, to reach other people. When Chip and I made a decision a long time ago that we were not going to go on to uh, ministry, learn something, and just, you know, uh, exit quietly. Just kind of sneak out. I'm a partner. Andrew Womack Ministries, we are partners. Uh, 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 Kenneth Copeland Ministries, we are partners. Terrades Ministries, we are partners. Rick Rayner Ministries. Man, if I take some from your website, I'm going to send some. And guess what? My carnal self thinks I'm losing. 
but I'm actually positioning myself to be a partaker of the same grace that's functioning in those ministries. Always look at it from the spiritual. Did that bless you? We're going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you for your grace. We just thank you, Father, for this privilege and opportunity that we can be co-laborers with you in what you're doing on the earth realm. Lord, we just thank you that you are positioning our hearts, renewing our minds to this truth and to this reality. Lord, I pray for these, your precious children, that they may begin to have their eyes opened, their hearts receptive to what you are doing in the earth realm. Their hearts open to the divine instructions of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you will begin to instruct them that they will open up their lives, that there won't be any no-go areas that the Holy Spirit can't instruct them. Lord, I thank you that you'll be able to instruct them even in their finances. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that they will become sensitive to your voice. And that as they do, there's a release of resources from heaven. Lord, I thank you that none under the sound of my voice will suffer lack. But Father, that they are positioned in the same position that the widow at Zarephath was in, where you always have oil, always have flour, always have everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. For those that need school fees, always having school fees. For those that need uh, car payments, always having car payments, always having mortgage payments, always having a supply of heaven to supply their needs. Those that need uh, to pay off a debt, Lord, I thank you. We release right now an anointing for debt cancellation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that none under the sound of my voice will have their dreams cut short because of finances. No, not them. No, not their children. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that you are the God who part the Red Sea. You are the God who makes a way where there is no way. And we rebuke right now the spirit of mammon. And we say, you have no right to be in their lives. You have no right to speak even in their decision making. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That to those parents uh, who have children that have a desire to go to Ivy League colleges, we bind the spirit of mammon and a limitation of money to stop that dream from coming to fruition in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That these, your children, will have an ample supply of resources, of opportunities. Doors will open that no man can close. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And we all say amen. Man, I want to talk to some parents here. Never feel like you, 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 you have to cut your children's dreams to the size of your budget. That's not from God. If they say, I want to go to Harvard, they want to go to pray, you better pray. You better start praying. You better start learning how to walk by faith and, and not by sight. And with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Man, I sense a strong anointing to break limitations this morning. We're going to break all limits. Hey, hey. When your children come and say, this is my dream, don't try to cut their dreams to the size of your budget. Did you hear that? When your children come to you and say, this is my dream, don't cut their dreams to the size of your budget. Our God knows no limits. I had a young man come to me, and uh, it was many years ago, I was still a youth pastor. He came to me, he said, uh, you know, there's this thing that came up uh, at school where we can apply to go to uh, Canada to do our un uh, uh, high school. And I said to him, right on, brother. He went home, he told his mom, and his mom said, don't raise your hopes too high. Not the parents in here. 
Amen. I said to him, hey, we're going to fast and pray about this. And the reason we were fasting was because we wanted to convince ourselves, not to convince God. And we were fasting and prayed about it. He came to our house. We prayed. We went into uh, uh, the basement. It was a little basement library thing at my brother's house. We went in there. We prayed, came out. Man, I sensed a release. I said to him, man, this opportunity is yours. Two months later, he got the letter to say, man, you coming to Canada? We had a farewell party for him. He went to Canada. And when he was there, he came back. He said, now I want to go to an Ivy League school. I said, right on, brother. At no point did we say, let's check to see what you have in your bank account. Because when you're maximizing on the grace of prosperity, it's not your bank account, it's the bank account of heaven. He came and he, he went to Dartmouth University, went there, studied liberal arts, and he paid uh, uh, E for four years. Free. It was free of charge. God paid for all of it from A to Z. Amen. Ain't no need for you to be jealous. Come on, if you're going to clap, you better clap and give God the glory. Praise God. Amen. Young man from a poor family in Zimbabwe. Single mom. Went to Dartmouth University. Got a job in, 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 uh, at uh, uh, Deloitte's in New York. Worked in New York. Said I didn't like it. Moved to California. And now every time I visit California, I stay as a, in a plush house. Driving a Porsche. Dropped it. He gave me that thing, man. I was driving it down uh, a Hollywood Boulevard. No limits. Someone shout, no limits. And so some of your parents, man, we need to work on you. Because your kids... Man, they're going to come and give you some big dreams. Do not try to cut their budget to to their dreams to the size of your budget. Amen? Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who